Are you here for me like I'm here for you? Are you able to give space for my emotions and can I give you space for yours? Do you want to share your emotions like I want to share mine with you? And can you support me when I'm feeling insecure? And can I offer the same for you? We're up to bridge number three. This is all about emotional availability and it starts now. Hey, it's a Love Monday podcast and it's all about helping you love Monday just like Friday, but for a different reason. Hey everybody, welcome to the Love Monday podcast. It's time for episode 62. We're talking about emotional availability. Emotional availability refers to the ability and willingness to engage in an emotionally connected relationship. Emotional unavailability is often associated with men. We think it's a guy thing, but it's not. We're taught not to cry, not to show emotions, not to be emotional, but it's not gender specific. Societal norms and gender stereotypes influence how emotional expression is seen and encouraged in men and women. We believe that men should be stoic and avoid showing vulnerability, while women should be more emotionally expressive and nurturing. But for every example of an emotionally unavailable man you bring me, I can give you an example of an emotionally unavailable woman. It's not gender specific. Like I say, the stereotypes kind of lead us to believe that, but it's not that simple. This was the primary impetus for me creating the seven bridges of a solid relationship. When I was on the mat of relationship takedowns, I asked a therapist, my therapist, what the hell am I doing wrong? She said, honestly, you keep choosing emotionally unavailable women to partner with, and it's not working, nor is it ever likely to work for you. That's when I knew something had to change. That's when I knew I had to figure out how not to continue to make the same mistakes. That's when I started to piece together all the best thinking on this subject. That's when I developed the seven bridges as a framework for me to stop making the same mistakes over and over and over again. But this is what I do. When I want to change something in me or the world, I build a framework for it. And I think the, fr- the world should use the framework. <laughs> because when I find something that works, I just want to share it with somebody else. And that's why I'm doing this now. This is how I arrived at the four mistakes that make people hate Monday and the process for fixing them and to get everybody to love Monday just like Friday, but for a different reason. An amusing example of this can be found if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok. There's a pretty funny reel out there from a couple of summers ago. It's me talking about my first attempt at stand-up paddleboarding. And the person who took me out warned me I should take off my hat and sunglasses as I would be falling in the water repeatedly. I said, no way. I'm a professional snowboard instructor and this thing is at least three snowboards wide. There is no way I'm falling off. She then commenced to capture video evidence of how I fell off over and over and over and over and over again. Are you getting the idea? I never got up on the board that day, nor for the rest of the summer. Finally, last year, I thought, if I were going to teach someone how to stand up on this, how would I do it? I sat there for a while on the lake on my board, contemplating it, and then I developed a framework, a process for learning how to stand up on a stand-up paddleboard, and then pretty quickly taught myself. Yep, it's what I do. So when I hit rock bottom in relationships and was told what I'd been doing wrong by a professional, 
I set about to develop a process to guarantee myself that I would never do that again. And you know what? It works. Today, we're up to bridge number three, emotional availability. And there are lots of facets to this. But today, we're going to focus on six main principles that I came up with while I was studying this whole concept. And those are, number one, attunement. Number two, open communication. Number three, empathy. Number four, self-awareness. Number five, vulnerability. And number six, boundaries. Let's talk about attunement. This was a new concept for me when I started studying emotional availability. This involves being emotionally present and responsive to the needs and feelings of others. It's about active listening, empathizing, and understanding the expressed emotions, even if they're not explicitly stated. This makes me think of two couples I recently witnessed in a restaurant. The first situation was a woman sitting alone at a table and looking at her phone. Her partner approached and kissed her on the cheek and sat down across from her, clearly adoring her. She continued to pay attention to her phone. He continued to attend to her needs and she continued with her distraction. The other couple was the opposite. She attended to his needs while he distracted himself with his phone. At one point, when he got up to go fill his water, she stopped him and said, Hey, can you refill mine too? Snapping him out of his selfish stupor and picking up her glass and saying, Oh, yeah, of course. Another example is a relationship I was in where I was the attentive one. My partner was distracted by at least five other higher priorities at any given time than me. When I protested about this, she dismissed my objection and stated things like, We need to find you a hobby. The hobby I chose was moving on from that relationship and developing a framework to find a partner. And the seven bridges was what came of that. So back to this definition of attunement. What if I'm not emotionally present and responsive? That was part of that definition. What does that say about me in this relationship? Well, that could indicate one or more of the following issues. And these things can really get in the way of building a solid relationship, which is what this is all about. I'm not emotionally present and responsive. What, was, what does that say about me? Well, I lack emotional intimacy. I'm unable to communicate effectively. My needs are more important than your needs. I'm not committed to the relationship. Those are typically things we see in situations like this. So lacking emotional intimacy, a lack of emotional presence and responsiveness suggests that you have difficulty connecting with your own emotions and those of your partner. This is probably due to past experiences, personality traits, or unresolved emotional issues. Are you going to do the work or continue to be this way? Really is the question you should be asking yourself. The next one being a poor communicator. I'm unable to communicate effectively. This means probably means you don't have skills such as expressing your emotions, active listening, and, or empathizing with your partner's feelings. This leads to conflicts and disconnection within the relationship. Again, are you going to do the work or just continue to be a poor communicator and expect your partner to just deal with it? The third one, your needs are more important than their needs, or my needs are more important than your needs. You prioritize your own needs and emotions over those of your partner. This creates a value imbalance. You get more out of the relationship than your partner, and it's not sustainable. You'll either be dumped or resented. There's just no third direction on this. 
Again, are you going to do the work to get better, or are you going to either be dumped or resented? You make the call. And the last one, you're not committed to the relationship. In some cases, a lack of emotional presence and responsiveness signals a lack of commitment to the relationship. It could indicate a need for more investment or engagement in maintaining the emotional connection and meeting the needs of your, of your partner. I talked to a person not long ago who said, I'd really like to just find someone I could be with on Friday nights. The rest of the time, I'm good being alone. That's kind of hard for me to believe, but assuming it's true, that's going to be kind of hard to find, don't you think? She'll either have to get good with a non-exclusive relationship or find someone who wants the exact same thing on the exact same night. There won't be a big pool of guys signing up for that. They're just going to be harder to find. All right, the next thing. We talked about attunement and some of the concepts behind that. Let's talk about the next one, open communication. I won't spend a lot of time on this because it's because bias for communication is actually bridge number two, and we talked about that in the last episode. But I will mention that emotional availability requires a safe space for open and honest communication. That safe space is a key. This involves sharing your feelings, thoughts, and experiences without fear of judgment or rejection. Both verbal and nonverbal cues play a role in fostering this kind of openness. Now, I know a person who admits she's a poor communicator, and she nailed it. It's true, and I'm glad she can recognize that I applaud her for that. What she doesn't try to do is get better. She states it as though it's a fact and it's never going to change, and she just expects her partner to adapt to that and accept it and adjust to her. She's not in a relationship, nor is she able to sustain one. She's also generally emotionally unavailable, and her lack of bias for communication is just one indicator of that. The next concept in emotional availability is empathy. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of somebody else. It's putting yourself in someone else's shoes and validating their emotions. Emotional availability is greatly influenced and enhanced when individuals can empathize with each other's experiences. Empathy without understanding and listening and time spent with your partner often feels weaponized. I know another person who is highly, I know another person who is high empathy. He's even tested for it using the Clifton Strengths Assessment. He describes himself as an empath. However, when it comes to actually empathizing in his own relationships, he can't handle it. He is emotionally unavailable for his partners, and so he weaponizes his empathy by stating, I'm an empath. And your feelings are just too much for me. Now, I'm a certified Clifton Strengths coach. It's also known as Strengths Finder. That means I'm certified to coach people who are high empathy. And I've coached dozens of them. Someone who's truly empathic and has developed this very real talent would never say anyone's feelings are too much. An empath who states this may be empathic, but their talent for empathy is extraordinarily underdeveloped. All right, the next concept we're going to talk about today is self-awareness. Emotional availability begins with self-awareness. It involves recognizing and understanding your own emotions, your own triggers, and patterns of behavior. By being aware of your own emotional landscape, you can better regulate your emotions and respond more effectively in your relationships. All right, the next concept that we'll talk about with regard to emotional availability is vulnerability. And that is a willingness to be open and authentic even when it involves exposing our fears, insecurities, and uncertainties. It's about being willing to let your partner see the real you without putting up walls or facades or masks. Cultivating vulnerability can deepen connections and foster intimacy in relationships, but not cultivating it can do the opposite. All right, 
The last concept we want to talk about with emotional availability is boundaries. While emotional availability involves being open and connected, it also requires some healthy boundaries. Respecting your own emotional limits and those of your partner is crucial for maintaining emotional well-being and preventing emotional burnout. A boundary I have set helps me identify someone who is emotionally unavailable. And that boundary is that I will not chase someone who disengages from me. I dated someone who would get really close to me at at times. And then when I thought things were going well, she'd disappear for days or even weeks. And so I've set a boundary ever since then. And it it became a part of the vetting process I used in employing the seven bridges. I'm not going to chase you if you're going to disengage with me. And it was one of those things when I talked to my therapist. And I said, how do I know when I'm finding someone emotionally unavailable? Or someone who is um, also avoidant in their attachment style? And she said, well, it's pretty simple. When you get close... They go distant. <laughs> and, and, and then she explained to me, but make no mistake about it, they're just as insecure as you. So when you pull back, they'll come running back. And it's true. I, it's been uncanny how that happens. And somebody who is emotionally unavailable, in just about every case, when I have connected with somebody who's avoidant in their attachment style, if I back away, they always come back and sometimes it's months or years after (laughs) just to see if I'm still there if I can still engage with them and it's crazy but that's the thing I used to always chase that I would say oh I get close you pull farther away that means I need to get closer and that would drive them crazy and it would drive me crazy it's like oil and water it just does not mix so there is the show for today this episode on emotional availability So just to recap a few things, we wanted to talk about some of the concepts that have to do with emotional availability. So we talked about attunement, open communication, empathy, self-awareness, vulnerability, and healthy boundaries. And you have to have those when you're going to enter into... You have to have those in a relationship, and those are all parts of emotional availability. Hey, I appreciate you joining me today. I appreciate you tuning into this. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done that. hope you'll share it with other people. I hope this is helpful to you. I would love to hear feedback. Go out, and if you would, go out to wherever you get your podcasts and rate this podcast because that really helps me out. helps me to know if I'm hitting on the right things or if I'm not. Again, this is the Love Monday podcast. And just by way of reminder, this year we're heading into different days of the week other than just loving Monday like Friday. I want you to be able to love Saturday like you do Monday. And I want you to thrive in all areas of your life. And like I talked about today, it's about having a framework to help you through these difficult times. I am an expert on building frameworks and I'm going to share every one I get with you on this podcast. So keep tuning in. I hope you join us next time because we're going to be talking about a safe haven and a secure base. Thanks, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying these episodes on the seven bridges. And if you're still behind the curve and you want to know more about Loving Monday, just like Friday, go to lovemondaylikefriday.com. Check out the blog. Check out the resources. Check out the memberships. And I'll talk to you soon.